0: Welcome to Table Flippers Podcast, an outreach of Greater Works Christian Church here in Lancaster, California. I am your host, Robert Ennis. If you like what you hear, visit us at gwcclancaster.org. That's gwcclancaster.org. Find the Table Flippers link, click on it, and you'll get to our merchandise. Now, get ready for a huge dose of truth and a huge dose of common sense. Uh, good afternoon ladies and gentlemen good afternoon it is Tuesday March 28th my clock says 358 p.m. so that's the time that I'm recording this so if uh, when you the reason I tell you that is because if you listen to this and it sounds like it's old information but you listen to it say two weeks from now well then that's why it would be old information what I'm giving you today is well, up-to-date information. I want to um, do a little follow-up on that Nashville shooter that killed the six people there at the Presbyterian church and school there in Nashville. uh, Three children and three adults, and then she herself was uh, shot and killed by some very heroic police officers because when i had been reading this and i actually saw the body cam video from these officers that had stormed the building and then put this woman down uh it was so different than the scene from that shooting that went on in what was the name of it texas uvalde texas i believe was the name of the city but nonetheless where for su- such a long time, the police officers were afraid to go in, and then when they did go in, they were moving so slowly that by the time they got in there, so many people had died that probably, now I don't know, I wasn't there, but many of people most likely could have been saved. But anyways, we see these uh, officers here in Nashville doing what seems to be opposite where they'd done other places, where they just literally ran in and... Well, put their training to the test, so to speak, and they were able to save a lot of people. Unfortunately, six people did die, but it could have been a lot worse had these officers not done what they did, when they did it, and how they did it. I'm going to read to you another article. This is, again, from Fox News. I'm just following up. That's why I'm choosing to use Fox News, because that's what I used on the original story. And the title of this, it says, Rex Engelbert and Michael Colazzo hopefully I'm saying those names correctly, who are the Nashville officers who took down Covenant school shooter. Metro Nashville police officers Michael Colazzo and Rex Engelbert are credited with stopping school shooter Audrey Hale. And this article is by Michael Reese and Angela Papa uh, of Fox News. It says, Exclusive details. While a team of Nashville police officers swarmed a Christian school Monday morning to stop an active shooter, the department praised two of the responding officers credited with taking down the suspect by name. <clears throat> Hero, Metro Nashville police officers, Michael Colazzo 31, and Rex Engelbert, 27, have served in the department for nine and four years, respectively. The department declined to make either of them available for an interview on Tuesday. Now, before I keep reading on this, I just want to point out the ages of these young men. Michael Colazzo, 31, and Rex Engelbert, 27 years old. 31 and 27. I'm 56 years old, ladies and gentlemen. And, you know, at 31 and even 27, you've lived a little, okay? But at 56, you've lived a lot more. And I only point that out to say this. These guys... Are absolutely in my book heroes at that age to be able to go in and I saw the I saw the footage the body cam footage to go in methodically go through that school when they heard the gunshots ran towards the gunshots and then were able to put this monster down they're he- absolute heroes now to s- to even say that at such young ages as 31 and 27 I mean my hat goes off to both of them um officer. Michael Colazzo, hopefully I apologize if I'm not saying your name correctly, but Michael Colazzo and Officer Rex Engelberg, again, thank you. Thank you from all of us in real America. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for your hard work. And thank you for doing what many, most could never do. You heard the gunshots and you ran towards them and you stopped a murderer in her tracks. Thank you very much. If it weren't for you, Many more children and others could have been dead that day, but you stopped it. You are truly heroes, truly American heroes. And again, thank you. Excuse me, ladies and gentlemen, while I pull myself together. (sighs) Collazo, it says, a Marine Corps veteran and former firefighter also responded to the Christmas Day bombing in 2020. His sister told... Uh, said Tuesday. He is also the father of a young girl himself. He's obviously very brave, braver than I ever imagined, Diana Colazo de Hart, his older sister, told Fox News Digital. He really does love his job. When I sit and think about all the training and all the different classes that he that he does and all the family events that he has had to miss because of training or leaving to go through his training or this class, it all really does pay off. Her brother's actions left the family feeling a deep pride even as they were concerned about his well-being in the aftermath of the attack, she said. To see the bravery of all of them just storming and clearing the rooms is absolutely phenomenal, DeHart added. And you commend the whole department. Engelbert received a commendation for precision policing just last week for his role in a pair of busts that recovered nearly two dozen stolen credit cards, a stolen handgun, meth, and fentanyl. The siegers took two dangerous felons who had multiple outstanding warrants off the streets of downtown Nashville. The city's central precinct said in a statement Thursday, we are so thankful for their dedication to keeping our city safe. Speaking separately at a news briefing Tuesday, Nashville Police Chief John Drake said Collazo also served as a SWAT team paramedic. He was born and raised in Nashville, joined the Marine Corps right out of high school and told his parents hours after the shooting that he drew heavily From his military training during the ordeal, according to DeHart. She also noted her brother had responded to Nashville's Christmas Day bombing in 2020. Nashville police, as a whole, executed the response with near perfect perfection, experts told Fox News Digital Tuesday after the department released several minutes of body cam video of the encounter. These guys. Need to be recognized and honored, said Dave Katz, the CEO of Global Security Group and a former DEA special agent who led the agency's tactical ballistic shield program in the 1990s. Our president should bring these guys both to the White House and put medals on their chests. Um, I just want to stop right there and say I completely agree with Mr. Dave Katz, the CEO of Global Security Group. Our president should stop with the stupid, idiotic ice cream jokes, do his job, have these guys flown in and given the royal treatment and before a grateful nation pin medals on their chest. Let's see if that happens. Let's see if he can pull himself away from the stupid ice cream jokes long enough to have a coherent thought, to be able to put two and two together and see that these guys are heroes and then reward them and award them for the heroes that they are. Let's see if that happens. Anyways, let me go on, ladies and gentlemen. says a person of selfless service, marine, firefighter, cop. It doesn't get any more heroic than that. National Police Associated Spokesperson Betsy Brantner-Smith, a retired sergeant with 29 years of experience, said of Colazo. The veteran police trainer said she watched the body cam footage Tuesday morning along with five other former officers, including two SWAT members and her husband, who is also a police trainer. The execution was near perfect, she said. It's a training video, she told Fox News Digital. Look at the minute they look at the minute they heard shots fired. What did they say? Shots fired, shots fired, move, move, move. They went faster. Rifles first. They're in there, patting each other on the back. They're doing all the right things to encourage each other, knowing they're putting themselves in harm's way, running towards gunshot to stop that shooter. She called the an, it the antithesis of the much maligned police response to the Evaldi, Texas shooting, school shooting last year and praised Nashville police from the top down, calling the officer's response the result of true leadership. The National Police Association is so incredibly incredibly proud i'm sorry ladies and gentlemen i don't know what's going on with me i can't even pronounce these words let me start that one over the national police association is so incredibly proud of these police officers and we're also proud of the over 750,000 officers who go out every single day and do what these men do men and women do in the nashville police department she said as a nation we have to we have got to look at situations like this and say this demonization of American law enforcement has got to stop. Uh, And and ma'am, I 100% agree with you. The demonization of our law, law enforcement officers must stop because guys like this, this is what they train to do. This is what they do. All right. Isn't it odd that the only, it seems like the only video that many in the media are willing to put up of our police officers is filmed by 15 other you know when they're trying to do their job somebody's getting out of hand and they got 15 phones with their cameras on in their face and one little minor slip-up makes it and ruins it for everybody or that bad apple that does something truly horrendous but is not what all police officers officers do so you have a small handful of jerk cops And all of a sudden, everybody's screaming, defund police. This is absolutely ridiculous. The demonization of our law enforcement is absolutely ridiculous. Because more officers are like these two guys that ran in there and are now being said that they're heroes. More of them are like that than the others. Anyways, let's go on. In a six-minute compilation of body cam video, police released Tuesday morning, Engelberg is first seen arriving outside the school the kids are all locked down but we have two kids that we don't know where they are an unidentified school employee tells him as he grabs a rifle out of the back of his police suv okay he says yes ma'am at the end of this hall is fellowship hall she continues they just said they heard gunshots down there and then upstairs are a bunch of kids let's go Ingelbert calls out i need three Within moments, he and other officers are rushing through the school, checking door-to-door as an alarm blares around them. When the officers hear gunshots from the second floor, they sprint up the stairs and encounter 28-year-old Audrey Hale, a transgender artist and former student who police said had targeted the school actively shooting through the window at other officers outside. Without hesitation, they took the killer out. We need to go back to that warrior mentality of those children's lives are more important than mine. Brantner Smith said, that's what you want in your police officers, truly selfless service. And again, I have to say, I completely agree. I complete, we, we need our police officers, our law enforcement officers to be able to go back to a warrior mentality that says my life is not important, but protecting everybody else's life is important. And the only life that's not important is the one that's trying to hurt or kill others. And then they go to work taking out the bad guys, or in this case, this bad woman, this monstrous woman. Let me finish this. It's almost, this article's almost done. It says three... Nine-year-old victims have been identified as Haley Scruggs, whose father is the church's pastor, Evelyn Dickhouse, and William Kinney. Police identified the adult victims as 60-year-old head of school Catherine Kuntz, whom sources told Fox News Digital died after confronting Hale. Substitute teacher Cynthia Peake, 61, and Mike Hill, also 61, who was killed as Hale sprayed bullets into a side door to gain entry into the building. And this is Fox News. Paul Bess and Haley Chising contributed to this report. So again, these uh, two officers, true heroes, I appreciate you. And all real Americans appreciate you as well. And I agree what was stated here. The demonization of our law enforcement must stop. This whole foolish nonsense of defund the police, police are the bad guys, Get them out of our schools. Get them out of our streets. That must stop. Because if there was actually an officer on that school, maybe this never would have happened. There might be six people alive today. But instead, there's those in our culture, our society, that want police officers away from our children instead of protecting our children. Off of our streets instead of protecting our streets. And they want them defunded so that even if they're there, they're a weak very weak presence, if a presence at all. That foolishness must stop, ladies and gentlemen. Now, I want to read just a portion of another article. There's two other articles that I just want to read a portion of. And the reason only a portion, just to give you the gist, you know, I don't want to get into it too deep. You can. I'm going to put all the, all the links up in the um, description area and you can go read the whole uh, article if you want. It's fine with me. But this uh, article, again, was published today, March 28th, um, on the eastern coast, 3, 3.05 p.m. It says, Nashville school shooter legally purchased weapons suffered emotional disorder, said the police. Audrey Hale bought... Now, look at this. Ladies and gentlemen, the reason I wanted to just read this portion, just to kind of give you a gist of really what's going on, what's really wrong with our culture and society. It says, Audrey Hale bought seven guns from five stores behind family, family's back, including three used in school shooting, said the police. This is by Michael Reese of Fox News. It says, Nashville school shooter Audrey Hale, a 28-year-old transgender artist and former student, legally purchased the firearms used in the attack behind the family's back despite serious emotional issues that required a doctor's attention, according to authorities. Metro Nashville Police Chief John Drake also told reporters Tuesday that a motive in the Monday attack at the Covenant School remains unknown and that the shooter had targeted the school, but not any individual victims specifically. The school operates as a ministry of Nashville's Covenant Presbyterian Church. He says, we've interviewed the parents of Audrey Hale. And we've determined that Audrey bought seven firearms from five different local gun stores here legally, Drake said during a news briefing. They were legally purchased. Three of those weapons were used yesterday during the horrific tragedy. Hale's parents told police they were only aware of one firearm, which they believed Hale had previously sold, he said. Now, the reason I wanted, I just, I'm going to stop right there. I read up to that point. Because just to make a point, ladies and gentlemen, one of the biggest problems that we're facing in America right now, you would say, well, it's, it's, it's people like this that are shooting people and getting guns is not the problem. Okay, here's, <laughs> I've said transgenderism all along is a mental illness in and of itself. So here's a woman who puts her mental illness on display and then has a mental illness that requires a doctor to treat as it says here, she shouldn't have been able to uh, own any firearms. But according to this, she was able to purchase seven firearms. Now, I don't know what Tennessee, Nashville, Tennessee, their laws are on purchasing. Whether they check your background to see if there's mental illness or not. But I know some states do that. But regardless, let's say it's just open. Let's say you can just walk into any Walmart, pick up a gun off the off the counter and, and pay for it and walk out. Okay, okay. How is it that her mom and dad, her parents who she lived with, okay, didn't know that she had seven firearms hidden throughout the house? And at least two of them, from what we understand, were AR style um rifles. Okay, so these are not small little handguns that you can hide like in a sock drawer or something like that. These are rifles. And from another report that I had read, um, they had were able to take a sawed-off shotgun, so there was a shotgun. Those are not tiny, and another shotgun. I don't believe the other one. The second one was sawed off. So shotguns are not tiny little weapons. ARs are not tiny little weapons, you know. And then some handguns, and she had seven of these weapons around the house with her mom and dad. There she lived with them. They know she has a mental order, a disorder. One of the reports that I read uh, even states that the father said. Yeah, she. we knew she had one handgun, but we were told that she had sold it. Okay, listen, I, I'm trying to be somewhat, show some decorum here because this young lady uh, is now dead. We know now for certain, you know, that she was dealing with some mental problems beyond transgenderism. Okay, and so I'm trying to, just for the sake of that, show some decorum. It was very difficult when I see six people murdered, three of them children, and herself, her own life was uh, was ended at 28 years old. And then some doofus parent, well, you know, hey, I, I we knew she had a handgun. We knew she shouldn't have a handgun, but she told us she sold it. So, hey, you know, whatever. When indeed she was going out and buying an arsenal of hand uh, weapons, uh, rifles, handguns, and they didn't even know it. In their own home, ladies and gentlemen, they didn't even know it. What? possesses a parent to be, listen, no wonder this young lady struggled emotionally and mentally. When mom and dad are so absolutely detached from her, even after knowing she's dealing with some mental, serious mental and emotional problems, they're still so detached that she can take the time, this just didn't happen overnight, to go purchase seven different firearms hide them around the house and they still are so detached from her that they didn't even know this was going on. She goes and shoots up this school, kills six people and they're just like, oh yeah, well, hey, oh, you know, uh, well, we knew she had one gun, but I thought she sold it. Hey, hey, Audrey, did you, what, you know what's going on? No, Jimmy, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, exactly, you don't know what's going on. Parents, I've said this before, I'm gonna say it again, one of the biggest travesties in our day and age, and it really started in my generation, is parents started trying to become their children's best friend instead of their parents. And when we started doing that, kids got worse and worse and worse. They started dealing with drug addiction, alcohol addiction. They started dealing with mental illnesses that we've never seen before. But hey, that's my best friend. No, that's your child. Do you see how deep, do you see what happened? Mom and dad were so detached, they didn't even know their own daughter, who was already dealing with mental issues, was building an arsenal right under their nose. She was drawing pictures. She was an artist, so she was drawing pictures. What's funny, not ha-ha funny, but strange, is that she was drawing pictures of diagrams of how to get through this school where the doors are, where the entrances are, the exits are, where the offices are, and all of this. She even drew a picture of herself in one of those diagrams. And it was so detailed that she drew a picture of herself wearing the same clothes that she actually wore when she got gunned down and when she entered that school and when she was murdering people. So here's this lady, 28 years old, going out and collecting upwards of seven different firearms, building this arsenal, drawing uh, um, these diagrams of the school, drawing pictures of herself, t- taking the time to write up a manifesto, and mom and dad know nothing about it. So detached from their own daughter who is suffering with emotional illnesses. And then we sit back or scratch our heads and wonder why this kind of thing happens. There's, It's not a mystery, ladies and gentlemen. It's not a mystery. Don't allow the media. Or some moron who just wants to start yelling, take away the guns from all the good people. That's not the problem. Parents, it starts with you and me. Number one, parents, spend lots of time with children. You know absolutely everything about them. Well, I need to give them their free space. No, you don't. Children don't have free space. They own nothing. You own it all. They have no free space. Be a parent. Get involved in their life. Understand who they're hanging out with, where they're going, where they're, what time they're going to be home. What are they doing? When they get home, I don't care if you're dead asleep. You get up, you walk out there and see how they're doing. You smell their breath. Is there alcohol on your, on your breath? Do you, is there cigarettes uh, smell on your fingers? I remember that when I was a kid. I hated it. But my mom and my mom would walk out there and smell my breath and smell between my fingers to see if she can smell like I was smoking a cigarette or something. Who were you with? You're 10 minutes late. Where have you been? Well, I tried calling you. You didn't answer. What's going on? Boy, I got ripped one way and up and down another. But they knew what was going on in my life more than I liked. But I can sit here and say now I appreciated it because I didn't get into a lot more trouble. I got into some trouble, ladies and gentlemen, but I could have gotten into a lot more trouble had my mom and dad not been like that. And apparently, this woman was able to build an arsenal, write up plans, type up a manifesto, draw pictures of it right under mom and dad's nose, and they're just like, oh, I didn't know. Well, of course you didn't know. Get out there and figure out what's going on with your children, ladies and gentlemen. Now, I want to finish up with um, just, again, another portion of a article, my third article. And again, I'll put the link up there for you to read this if you want to. But this, again, was... Published today, March 28th, at 2.36 p.m. Eastern Time. And this is by Houston Keen of Fox News. It says, Nashville shooter felt no other effective way to be seen, Radical Trans Group says. Hate has consequences, the Radical Trans Collective said. Now, I want to read that title again. Titles don't always give you the real picture of what's being said, either in a book, an article, a periodical, anything like that, but... In this case it is, says Nashville shooter felt no other effective way to be seen, Radical Trans Group says. Hate has consequences, the Radical Trans Collective said. And with that last statement, hate has consequences, I totally agree with this because we saw this. This woman was filled with hate. This woman was filled with hate and she lashed out and killed six people i know that's not where this trans group is going with this but they're right and they don't even know they're right or why they're right i should say they they're putting that somewhere else when it really belongs on her says a radical trans transgender group said the transgender nashville shooter felt no other effective way to be seen than killing six people at a private presbyterian school i want that to sink into ladies and gentlemen because this is what these groups are all about. When when somebody suggests that the only reason people become transgender is to um, get attention, many of these transgender people just come unglued. Okay, come unglued. Like, no, that's not why we're doing That's not why a man puts on a dress, puts on some makeup, and starts dancing provocatively in front of children is just to get attention. No, that's not why we do it, ladies and gentlemen. And they start ta- trying to talk about other deeper emotional things um things, you know, and and such. But by this, um what is this? Uh, the trans resistant network. Whoever said this from the trans resistant network really just tipped their hand. No other effective way to be seen. Okay? That's so this person, this transgender monster goes out there and kills six people, three innocent children, and there's and, and this is what they say. There's just no other effective way to be seen are you starting is it starting to sink in now ladies and gentlemen this is all about them wanting to be seen well i have a message to all of you uh transgender people on the trans resistant network all you perverts out there we see you and what we see we find disgusting you're seen all right and that's why that's why We, we we might have that kind of look of disgust on our face not because you choose to put on a dress but because we know what's behind that. And we saw this on display and now we're seeing it on display with your comments. We know it's behind it. Anger, hatred, wickedness. It's not just some guy that wants to put on a dress, but there's something wicked behind it that one wants to pervert our children. See, listen, ladies and gentlemen, I've said it before. If they can't get your children by being able to gyrate and dance in front of them at so-called storybook hour, then they'll just go and shoot them. I've said this before. I say it again. This is what it's coming to, ladies and gentlemen. They are so desperate to get our children. And if if they can't have them, nobody can have them. You, some of you are going to say, no, he's just taking that too far. Maybe I know I am with some. Some are perfectly happy sitting around watching TV in, in their um, pantyhose. And that's as far as it goes. Whatever. But these ones that are out there putting it all on display and wanting to be Seen. Those are the dangerous ones. Those are the ones that, the moment they start to feel that they're not seen or recognized, or even worse, celebrated, they'll go and start shooting up our kids. You watch. Well, you don't have to. We just saw that yesterday. Anyways, let me finish reading this little art or portion of this article again. If you want to read the full article, you can. It says the Trans Resistant Network (TRN). A far-left transgender collective released an inflammatory statement on Monday in the wake of the Covenant School shooting by transgender woman Audrey Hale in Nashville that killed three nine-year-olds and three adults, calling the mass murder a dual tragedy. The group wrote the first was the death of the children and the adults in the school and extended their deepest sympathies and heartfelt prayers. Who are you praying to? Anyways, their deepest sympathies and heartfelt prayers to those families dealing with the loss of loved ones. There is nothing we can offer that will comfort the hurt or ease the sorrow, TRN wrote. We mourn with you. The second and more complex tragedy is that Aiden, or Audrey Hale, who felt she had no other effective way to be seen than to lash out by taking the life of others and by consequence herself, they continued. (sighs) TRN wrote, they do not claim to know the individual or have access to their inner thoughts and feelings, but they do know that life for transgender people is very difficult and made more difficult in the preceding months by a virtual avalanche of anti-trans legislation and school call-outs by right-wing personalities and political figures for no- nothing less than a genocidal eradication of trans people from so- society. Many transgender people deal with anxiety, depression, thoughts of suicide, and PTSD from the near constant drumbeat and anti-trans hate lack of acceptance from family members and certain religious institutions, denial of our existence, and calls for detransition and forced conversion, TRN claimed. Now, I just want to stop there because um, this is... Ladies and gentlemen, I know that you, my audience, are among the best and the brightest the world has to offer. So I, I do know that you started picking up on some things here that i'm going to comment on i just had to sit back in some disbelief and frustration because ladies and gentlemen here it is as a group here here is a group okay of people that put their mental illness on display okay just by you know when they don't even understand if they're a man or a woman or a he a she a they a them or a candy bar her (laughs) she get it anyways um they don't understand what they are who they are and that can change from day to day or moment to moment it's all how they feel so these are all just feeling-based people and feelings change ladies and gentlemen yesterday i overate i mean i just completely overate i gorged myself like a happy little glutton. And I felt terrible afterwards. I was uh, in pain. I felt terrible. I had some indigestion. And once that was over, once it had passed, I wanted to eat again. My point is I felt I was feeling terrible, but I didn't take uh, my frustration out on anybody else. I didn't yell at anybody, scream at anybody, run anybody off the road, pick up a gun And shoot anybody, let alone the innocent. And when you have a group of people that base everything upon their feelings, and then they expect the rest of the world to um, treat them according to their feelings. I, you know, one day you shall address me as a as a they them okay you do that and then a week later you bump into them hey they them no today i am uh me she Uh, uh, okay me she a week later i'm a hershey oh you're a candy bar no 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 i mean you see when you get into a world where you try to live or base your existence on feelings more than anything else you got some real issues and some real problems and um The rest of the world doesn't function that way. How many of you wake up every morning? I mean, honestly, every morning and feel like getting out of bed, getting yourself together and you feel like going to work, whatever job that is. If I was a betting man, I would bet and I'd probably win a lot of money that almost 100%, if not 100% of us, we don't always feel like going to work or we don't always feel Feel like doing those things, but we do it because it's not based upon our feelings. We just know it's the right thing to do. You know, I'm a pastor of a church and every Sunday I've got to, I've got to be prepared, which takes me usually um, Friday into Saturday, uh, at least most of the day Saturday to prepare, to prepare a message, but prepare my own heart and not just a message. I'll be honest with you, that's the easy part, but prepare my heart and pray and ask God, what do you want me to say? How do you want me to say it? What's going on with the people of the church? You know, that, 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 what do they need? And how do they need it? It's not just the words. I could be very robotic. Jesus loves you. Yes, come to Jesus. He will save you. You know, the message is 100% right on, but if there's no, uh, feeling like some people almost need that cracked over their head because they're, they're knuckleheads. Some people are hurting and broken and they need that, you know, reach out, touch their shoulder, look them in the eye and just say it compassionately. Man, Jesus really loves you. And um, if you come to Jesus, man, he'll save you. You know, some people just need, listen, jerk, you got to understand, you can't treat people like this. You need Jesus. You need to come to him. You need to get saved. You see what I'm saying? So anyways, my, my point on that is, Even with all of that preparation, all that understanding, and all that prayer, and all of the study, and all the getting in the word, I don't always feel like showing up on Sunday. So if I based my commitment and my loyalty first to God and then to the people that God has entrusted me, if I based my commitment and loyalty to them based upon how I I felt, I, I can tell you right now I wouldn't have much of a church. Cause I always feel like being there. And listen, it's not them. Uh, you know, it's me, not you. It's like a bad breakup. But the reality of it is not them. It's just. It's called being human. It's called being human. You know, I get angry if somebody cuts me off on this on the street. You know, I get happy if if uh, you know uh, I win something, and it's like I have either whether it be money or or something that I didn't have before. You know. Um. I love Christmas because it makes me feel good. You know what I mean? So, But I don't base my world on how I feel. I base my world on what I believe to be right and not right. And I set my agenda, my, my lifestyle, according to what I know to be right, not how I feel. I don't go shoot up schools. Now, don't misunderstand me, ladies and gentlemen. I never feel like shooting up a school, okay? I never feel that way. So please don't misunderstand my next statement. But I don't go up and shoot up schools or anybody for that matter because I know it's not right, regardless of how I feel. So, somebody might say, Oh, so you do feel like shooting up schools? No, I do not feel like shooting up schools. I do not feel up like shooting up anybody. I, I don't, I, that's just not in me. And one of the reasons why it's not in me because I know that it's wrong. All right. So, back to this article where you have this is, it's sad to me on one hand, it's very, very, very frustrating in many ways. But it's very sad to me because here's the reality of it. Okay, it starts at least in this vein and what we're talking about. It starts with a transgender um, person. So they're already suffering. It's on display. They're suffering mentally, emotionally, and they're angry, have a lot of hate in them, and it's on display even before they picked up a gun. It's on display, all right? And then they go into this, they end up going into the school, shooting up uh, six people, three people, three children dead. And now this transgender group is trying to say this was their kind of, how do they say it? I want to quote them exactly. Um, Where is the exact? No other, oh, here it is. It says a radical transgender group said the transgender Nashville shooter felt no other effective way to be seen than killing six people at a private Presbyterian school. No other effective way to be seen. Okay, now I, I'm just going to take them at their word right there. They felt no other effective way to be seen. Ladies and gentlemen, how many of you know, I'm just going to be honest, that when you see a man dressed as a woman and trying to look and act like a woman, do you feel that they're being seen? of course they are or you wouldn't realize that that's actually a man be- dressing like a woman. Or in this case a woman who dresses and tries to act like a man. Do you feel that this woman was seen? See that's why I get to the, the the transgender movement as a whole. I'm not talking about absolutely every person who claims to be transgender. I'm talking about the group as a whole, all right For the most part it's about their feelings and their deep desire to be seen and recognized. Ladies and gentlemen, how many of you, let's just face it, Let's and be honest with yourself as you ask yourself this question, because I wish we were in the room together where we can actually have this conversation together. But how many of you ever felt like people just didn't take you seriously, especially growing up? I mean, I know I certainly did. I was a very opinionated young man, and I'm a very opinionated old man. And at times, I feel like People don't take me seriously. They don't listen to me, and I just want to be seen. I just want to be heard. I just want to be understood. That's in every human being. Okay, this is why I I said what I said earlier about parents, and even especially this young lady. Okay, they didn't even know that she was building an arsenal right under their own nose. So that's how detached they were. This young lady did actually have a desperate sense, or feeling, of, if you will, of desperately wanting to be seen, recognized, understood. And our own parents who should be doing that didn't do that. And that's in every human being. The difference is in that community, they're being taught, trained, groomed, if you will, told to do the absurd to be seen. If and maybe they won't say it directly like this, but this is basically the message. If you feel like you're not being recognized, you feel like you're not being uh, seen or heard or taken seriously, go put on a dress. Okay, Then, you, then, then you're in the wrong body. Uh, girls, take off the dress, put on some pants, shave your head, okay, and act tough. And, and guys... You put on a dress, put on some makeup, and act feminine. That'll get somebody's attention. Well, of course it does, but it's the wrong kind of attention. So when they say something like this, this was this was a uh, this person had no other effective way to be seen by killing people. Is that how you ultimately will be seen if people don't pay attention to you wearing your dress or your whatever you're going to wear? In her case, it was a woman trying to be a man, but that's your last ditch effort? The last effective way? Like, this is supposed to be some weird, strange, sick excuse? See, this is mind boggling that why anybody in culture, society, government, education, or anybody else takes not the people, but the way they are acting, living, what they're in any way serious. Like, that's okay. It's not. Okay, it's not okay. It is mental illness on display. It's a deep cry for help that they don't even understand. And when they make statements like this, that there was no other effective way to be seen than killing six people at a private Presbyterian school, do you see that deep cry that they can't even understand that they're saying? We are what? And what you know what that means? We are broken. We are hurting, and we we've done everything. To, to, to get your attention, to get your help so that we can be healed and cured and 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 nurtured. And, and instead, what do we do? Oh, yeah, 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 you're okay. Come and dance in front of my children. No, no. I know this person goes on with all the other stuff that just does not make sense. PTSD because of all the, you know, the genocidal uh, eradication of trans people from society. That's the way they may feel. <laughs> but come on, ladies and gentlemen, where is that happening anywhere where is uh, honestly where's that happening you know here's the ironic thing and I think I'm gonna wrap it up with this but one of the ira- ironic things about that what that statement as a matter of fact I, I think I found it right here is um, let's see uh, blah, 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 uh, they do not know that life for transgender people is very difficult and made. More difficult in the preceding months by virtual avalanche of anti-trans legislation and public call-outs by right-wing personalities and public political figures for nothing less than genocidal eradication of trans people from society. Here's the funny thing about that, and I don't mean funny ha-ha because it's not funny at all. All right. Oh, it goes on to say this same person. Many transgender people deal with anxiety, depression, thoughts of suicide, PTSD, from near constant drumbeat of anti-trans hate, lack of acceptance from family members and certain religious institutions, denial uh, of our uh, existence and calls for detransition and forced conversions. I don't know anybody that does that. Okay. I know that people, you know, I, I'm against transgenderism completely. Not because of the person, but because of the brokenness. And I want them healed and I want them set free. So they're no longer broken. And the depre- the anxiety, the depression, the thoughts of suicide and this PTSD, um, all of that is not because of the constant drumbeats of tr- anti-trans hate. It's because of the brokenness that's already within them. It's the brokenness that's already within them. Okay, in this they said, you know, we just want to be accepted. Well, then do what everybody else had to do to be accepted. Let me let me give you an example. Check this out. If I wanted to be accepted by the biker gangs, all right, there's a few things that I might want to do. Number one, go get a mo- motorcycle. And if it was like the... Um, you know, we used to, we call them crotch rockets. You know, the little racer cafe kind of racer bikes. If I wanted to be part of that group, I'll go get one of those motorcycles. If it, if it's more like, um, you know, maybe it's like the uh, outlaw biker gangs, the hell's angels. Then I'm going to go get a Harley. All right. And I'm not just going to go get some little girly Harley. I'm going to get one that looks a little bit more like the ones they, they like to ride. All right. I'm going to put on some Levi's. I'm going to get some black boots. I'm going to certainly get a leather vest. I'll probably, you know, I don't have much hair on top, so I'd just shave my head bald, but I'd grow a big beard. I might even get a tattoo. Now, I'm not suggesting anybody should do that or not do that. I'm just saying that if I wanted to be accepted by a certain group, I'm going to do what that certain group does. Again, if I wanted to be accepted by the hunting group, I'm going to go buy a rifle and I'm going to learn how to hunt. If I'm going to be accepted by the fishing group, I'm going to get a fishing pole and learn how to fish. You understand what I'm saying? If I'm going to get... Uh, accepted by any group, I'm going to do my best to try to fit into that group. So, ladies and gentlemen, it doesn't matter, uh, you know, if you consider yourself whatever, straight, gay, trans, whatever, if you want to be a part of a certain group, if you want the religious group, transgender people, to accept you, then you're going to have to accept the same things that everybody in that group has already accepted. That's just the way it works. That's just the way it works. All right. On, on everything. I'm not talking about just religious. I'm talking about on everything. All right? Um I I want to be accepted by the transgender uh people, but not necessarily part of the group. So I do my best to be kind to them. When I talk to them, I'm kind of I'm, treat them as human beings. I'm not against the actual person. See, because I have this idea that there's this this real place called hell and this real place called heaven and Jesus He died for our sins to get us to heaven. And so I want to be accepted by all groups, at least to the degree that they'll listen to me so that I can help get them to heaven. So when I go on these tirades and I get on these rants and everything, it's not because I hate transgender people. It's not at all. It's because I have a deep love for the person inside that I feel is completely broken and hurting. And they need to be healed. They need to be set free. What did this young lady need before she started shooting? It. She needed to be healed. She needed to be set free. First, she needed her mom and dad to come by her, her side and just start spending time with her and loving on her and bringing her up the right way. She needed to be in, in in a church community that people would love her and tell her the truth, even if that truth hurt. Remember, it's not about feelings, but it is about getting over those feelings and being healed of even those feelings. So anyways, let me let me get back to this because I, I promised you, ladies and gentlemen, I would wrap this up. So somebody... The, this this person who said this many trans people deal with anxiety, depression, and so on, thoughts of suicide. Well, yeah, that, but that's not because of the way culture and society. You have your own group. You have your own um, what do they call it? A uh, culture. You have your own, you know, places that you can meet and hang out and and lift one another up and build one up. Do you know why I go to church? Because of that. Do you know why people go to sporting events? Because of that. Do you know why people get together and do things? People of like mind, like heart, like because they build one another up. And if people outside of their group, outside of that little culture of theirs, doesn't like them or treats them bad, doesn't really matter that much because they have people within their culture that build them up. So if if you're part of this transgender group culture whatever you want to call it, and you're still feeling anxiety, depression, and thoughts of suicide and PTSD, that's on you. Do not blame other people in culture and society. Do not blame the religious. Do not blame the conservatives. Do not blame anybody else. You have to look at yourself. Because listen, I'm a Christian. I'm a conservative. And I'm an outspoken uh, American patriot. I've had death threats. Death threats on my life. People in my church have had death threats. Our businesses have had um, death threats and and threats of being blown up and burnt down. And not myself or anybody else in my church or in my group, not one of us has even ever suggested getting an arsenal of weapons and go hunting down people that we don't like or walk through a school and shoot people so that we can be seen. None of us have felt that way. None of us have wanted to do that. Not at all. Do you know why? Because we get together together we pat each other on the back. We lift one another up. We encourage one another within our own group, within our own culture. People outside. I've had family members that were extremely close to me that didn't want much to do with me because of my ideas. Family members, extremely close to me. I didn't need to be seen by anybody else and go shoot somebody up. You see, so this this thing of this knee jerk, again, feeling based. It's all of your guys' This person went and shot those people up, those three poor little children, those three uh, elderly people, and it's all your fault because that was the only way she could be seen. Figure out another way to be seen a little bit more healthy. You know what? I wanted to be seen. I wanted to get my message out. I didn't feel enough people were hearing my brilliance. You know what I did? Check this out, ladies and gentlemen. Check this out. This might blow your mind. Might blow your mind. Hold on to your seats. You don't hold on to your seats. You know what I did? I started a podcast. I started a podcast. People ask me, "Well, what are you going to talk about? What's your, what, what? What is your goal? What are you going to talk about?" And I say, "Anything I want. Anything I want." Some people have suggested, "Hey, why don't you do this sometime?" I went, "You know, that sounds cool. I'm going to do my next podcast is going to be on that." So, some people have suggested some things, and I've done it because that's what I wanted to do. My wife suggested some time ago, "You know what you should do? You should just pick up on some things that are in the news and." And talk about those. I said, hey, honey, that's a good idea. And I want I want to do that. Thank you for the idea. Now I want to do it. So that's what I've been doing. Originally, when I first started this, and you can see this, I went through, a, I wrote a book called Transitions. And um, I went chapter by chapter. I think it was 15 chapters. I forgot how many chapters in my own book. But anyways, about 15 uh, podcasts where I just read portions of it and I commented on it. Why? Because that's what I wanted to do. So everything that I'm doing on here is because I want to do it. It's my podcast. I want the world to hear my brilliance and they're hearing it. And now this podcast is literally going around the world. You should see my analytics. It, it blew my mind. I'm, I was shocked. I was shocked all over the United States, down into Mexico, South America, as far as Australia, New Zealand, um, Africa, uh, Asia, <clears throat> uh, where else? Europe, really all over the, all, all over the globe. I was amazed and I'm humbled by it. I'm totally humbled by it and I appreciate it. And I love each and every one of you and I appreciate each and every one of you. My viewers, I did some some um, research and found that my viewers, that are, are I'm sorry, my viewers, like you can see me, my listeners are among the smartest on the planet. Okay, that was my own research that I did in my own head, of course, but you are the smartest on the planet and I appreciate each and every one of you. But again, my point on that is I wanted, I felt that I had something to say. And it wasn't just me. I've been doing some interviews with people and they they have something unique that I want them to share with the world. And so this podcast was created for that. So that my viewpoint and the viewpoint of people that I feel have something really valuable to give can come on there and give it. So see, that's why when I read that, I almost did want to do this because I didn't want to give credence to that mindset. I did not want make that mindset in any way seem um, acceptable. And ladies and gentlemen, it's not acceptable. So even you, anybody who's listening to this, if you ever get to the point where you feel like you're not being seen, heard, recognized, whatever, taken seriously to the point that you're getting so angry that you are afraid that you might lash out, trust me, go get some help. Please get some help. Please get some help because that's dipping over into a mental illness that can not only leave you dead, but people in your path dead as well. And we don't want that. We don't need that. That's heart-wrenching. That's heartbreaking. Figure out other ways to be seen and recognized. And if you feel like you just don't fit in because you're a male in a dress or a female with a boy's haircut or something of that nature, maybe try looking at the group that you want to be accepted by and doing what they're doing. And if you are, if that's how you ended up that way and you still don't feel accepted, then Maybe you need to go find another healthier group and then do what they're doing. Okay, It's just a suggestion. I've had this my entire life, this idea that if you want what other people have, you got to do what they did to get it. If you see somebody with a million dollars and you want a million dollars, you have to do what they did to get it. If you see somebody that's fit and in shape and you're not, you have to do what they did to get that body or get that health. It's as simple as that, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, so if you want to fit in to overall culture, overall society, religious organizations, things of that nature, figure out what they're doing and do it. And sooner or later, what you'll understand and what you'll see is your mind will start getting to a place of, of greater peace, greater joy, happiness. You're not going to want to go running around with a gun, shooting and killing innocent children. Thank you for joining us at Table Flippers. I truly appreciate you. You can write me at gwccrobert at gmail.com. That's gwccrobert at gmail.com. Please let me know how I'm doing. Remember to pick up some of our merchandise. You can find the link at gwcclancaster.org. That's gwcclancaster.org. Until next time, be continually blessed. No te